I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fit the Mission. The past year and a half has been brutal for many Asian Americans. On top of navigating a global pandemic, the community has had to confront coronavirus-related racism, from businesses being hit particularly hard in the nation's Chinatowns to a terrifying increase of violence and attacks. There were the viral videos of the Asian elderly getting robbed, pushed, and stabbed across the country, with some of the highest-profile cases happening right here in the Bay Area. Some call it targeted hate crimes provoked by President Trump's finger-pointing at China for the COVID-19 pandemic. Others say the crimes reflect the unique vulnerabilities of the Asian-American community during an economic upheaval. Whatever may be the cause for what's happening, there is one thing that is clear— a lot of Asian Americans felt like they could use a superhero. And that's where Simu Liu steps in. It's time to show the world no, I'm hellbound. Oh, well now. Oh. who I really am. My name is Shang-Chi. Liu is the star of the movie Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, the first Marvel film to spotlight an Asian superhero. It's a reimagining of a 1970s comic book character who has to leave his quiet life in San Francisco to confront his overbearing father in order to save the world. The film had a record-breaking debut over Labor Day weekend, racking up an estimated $90 million in North America. It's given the movie industry a much-needed surge of optimism about its recovery from the pandemic, but it's also doing more than that. It's lifting the spirits of our local Asian community. Bay Area Asian Americans have been organizing theater buyouts to support and amplify the messaging of the film, which has a primarily Asian cast and an Asian American director. But the star of this blockbuster is Simu Liu, a 32-year-old Chinese-Canadian actor who's also known for his work on the sitcom Kim's Convenience. He's been candid about issues of Asian representation in the entertainment industry, as well as the recent rise of anti-Asian incidents. Earlier this year, he wrote an essay about anti-Asian racism for Variety. I sat down with him during his recent press stop in San Francisco to talk about what it means to be Marvel's first Asian superhero during such a fraught time in the community and how he brought his own authenticity to the role. I just watched the film last night, and it was the best way to get back into the theaters, Woo! especially as an Asian American. The movie paid homage to classic Asian cinema, but mm-hmm. it also felt incredibly fresh. Mm-hmm. There were so many cultural references that were more subtle that Asian Americans could relate to for mm-hmm. me. It mm-hmm. was the side-by-side posters of Kung Fu Hustle and Outcast's Stankonia mm-hmm. in Sean's room. So I wonder, like, How did you think about making your character feel super relatable and authentic, especially for Asian audiences? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's the that's the thing about having an Asian American story, um, you know, written by Asian American screenwriters and directed by an Asian American is you don't actually have to constantly ask yourself, am I is what I'm doing Asian American? Because it is. It's our lived experience. I mean, it's like, of course we were going to have a scene where Sean takes his shoes off before he goes to Katie's apartment. And of course Katie's grandmother is going to ask them when they're getting married. Because th- those are experiences mm-hmm. that every single one of us along in the in the creative team have had. Right. And so, you know, it, it was almost like, you know... It, 
the, the subtlety and the nuance to which we to we approach the identity in this movie is just the same as as the way that we live life and mm -hmm. um you know certain things don't have to be hit over the head they don't have to be on the nose they don't have to be explained ad nauseum they're just they're just kind of there and and i love that i did too so right now we're sitting in the fairmont hotel which is just a couple blocks away from San Francisco Chinatown, mm -hmm. which we see scenes of in the movie. Mm -hmm. The neighborhood has been in the spotlight in the past year, as you know, because of the violence and the racism in mm -hmm. our local community, especially with Asian elders. So the timing of this film feels super serendipitous. Mm. And aside from just representation, mm. what sort of mainstream narratives do you think the character of Sean is challenging, especially in this moment? I think... Um I think what made this this Asian hate, you know, so so frustrating um, for those of us in the in the community, the the Asian American or Asian Canadian community, is the sense that it doesn't matter if we've spent twenty years or forty years or sixty years or eighty years in this country or our families in this country, is that we've always been seen as perpetual foreigners. Mm -hmm. You know, who we are, our people, our customs, fundamentally foreign. And therefore, we will never truly belong. And I think that's the kind of stigma and the insecurity that many of us grew up with, feeling like guests in a, in our own home, essentially, right. not ever feeling like we could we could take up that space. And um, I think I think what's beautiful about Sean and and about Katie is we're, you're introduced to two Americans right off the bat who are slackers, who have no idea where they're going in life. Who are having these conversations about NASCAR and joyriding through the streets of San Francisco, doing karaoke, and yeah, and they just happen to love karaoke, and they and you know they they take their shoes off when they come home, but um, you know they they are something that is distinctly distinctly American, and they speak English, and they have you know it, Katie even is very vocal about how bad her Chinese is. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of these things reflected on screen, I think, are are showing the world that. Asian Americans have been around for for ages, and and hopefully we can we can humanize us as something that is distinct and separate from whatever they perceive as foreign, mm -hmm. as you know, fearsome. So everyone's also talking about that bus fight scene. Mm -hmm. It's a key scene in the movie, and I wanted to also spotlight a little bit of local San Francisco history for you that maybe you're not aware of. But that line, the one California bus, uh, our pop culture critic. Peter Hartlaub wrote about it at length. But another local reporter, Joe Fitzgerald uh, Rodriguez from KQD, pointed out that that bus line was made possible by Chinatown transportation activists in the 1970s who fought really hard to make sure that Chinese residents in the city had a link to the Chinatown cultural hub. Did you have any idea about that? Uh, I'm gonna say no. I did not have a. I did not have any clue whatsoever. Especially because we filmed the entire bus sequence in Sydney. Mm. You know, uh, it was always I think our plan to go to San Francisco, but then the pandemic happened and we shut down for four months, and and we had to scrap those and and kind of rejig everything around. So there was a splinter unit that shot in San Francisco, but they were just responsible for shooting plate scenes and exteriors, and then we would shoot all of our stuff reconstructing, you know, entire sets um, in Sydney. And so I really like there was no there's no like concept in my mind of of what street corresponded to what. Yeah, I mean, it's just wanted to share that that That's route though, specifically yeah. going through Stockton Tunnel and mm -hmm. careening through these different paths mm -hmm. in San Francisco was because Chinatown activists made that route possible. That's so incredible. 
You're listening to my interview with Simu Liu, star of the new movie Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which is set in San Francisco. After the break, I chat with Simu about representation in Hollywood and what it's like to blaze a trail for the Asian American community. You can support Fifth Emission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Another thing about the movie, it's centered around this complex relationship between your character and your mm-hmm. father, who's played by veteran Hong Kong superstar Tony Leung, mm-hmm. who's also still a heartthrob. So hot. <laughs> so hot. <laughs> so but, hot right now. <laughs> but Shang-Chi breaks away from expectations set by his father. And oftentimes on social media, you will joke and tweet about earning your parents' approval. <laughs> Were there sort of dynamics that you leaned on and to bring into that relationship that you played in the the film. Sure, um, absolutely. I think every every Asian kid who's grown up here knows the feeling of of frustration of not being able to connect to his or her parents. You know, and I felt that in spades growing up because I was not a traditionally you know quote unquote good Asian kid, and my parents, despite my parents' best efforts, I refused to follow in their footsteps and and be an engineer. Um, you know, what I wanted more than anything was to, was to perform, was to be in the spotlight, you know, all, all of those things. I wanted to do sports. Um, and, and it, it, it was boggling to, to all of them. So when I ultimately, you know, um, got laid off from my accounting job and decided to pursue acting, that was a, that was a really tough, a tough moment for them and, mm-hmm. and a, a tough on our relationship as well. Um, so we, we had a very strained relationship for a number of years, but, and, and it was always, I was always juggling kind of what my parents wanted for me, what they expected of me mm-hmm. with the path that I had to, you know, I wanted to carve out for myself. And, um, for the longest time, I, I thought it meant running away from my past or running away from who they were and, and distancing myself from that. Um, but I think what this movie does so beautifully is it, it forces our character, Sean, to really accept that part of himself and who he is and to take pride in it, you know, and then to, you know, figure out where he wants to go from there, figure out the path that he wants to take. But that path does not come, you know, at the at the expense of his recognition of his roots and where he came from. Mm-hmm. So many interviews that you do touch on issues of representation. This mm-hmm. will be yet another one. You, <laughs> you work you work alongside legends like Tony and Michelle Yeoh and uh-huh. Aquafina, but it does feel like there's this growing cohort of Asian actors and actresses in Hollywood now. And I wonder what kinds of conversations you have with them these days as there's more progress mm-hmm. happening. Do you all function like a mini support group for one another? Um, you know, I, I kind of like to think that we do. I mean, obviously, we don't have the weekly meetings where everyone sits in a circle. But I think it is always such a joy to be able to speak to them. Um, you know, we, we weren't able to see Michelle at our premiere. But, uh, you know, we traveled to London briefly, and she attended our, our London event. And it was just so wonderful. It was like no time had passed at all. And I think they're really, it's such a beautiful relationship of support. Um, around, you know, around the performers in, in this movie and, and at us, you know, at that level in the industry, but also just with the community at large. I mean, hearing the response to this movie, the groundswell of support that's come from really just like the grassroots, people organizing screenings and buying out theaters. I mean, that's the, mm-hmm. that's the stuff that's, that's kind of 
the the engine that's propelling the the success of the movie. And, and I just, I mean, in this moment, I, I just couldn't feel more grateful to to, to the community. And um, I'm, I'm I just I'm extremely extremely lucky. So as Asians find themselves in more mainstream spaces like mm-hmm. Marvel movie, I'm curious to understand what do you think authentic validation feels like? What authentic validation mm-hmm. feels like? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, I think uh, I think it comes from being seen from from who we are. I hope I'm under- understanding your question correctly. Mm-hmm. I hope it's I hope it's. Um, I hope that audiences watching will will kind of be able to see all of the ways in which we are attacking stereotype and attacking trope and attacking kind of these the simplified, you know, black and white lines of what is Asian, what isn't. Um, you know, I hope that they they understand that that conversation goes a lot deeper and that this martial arts film goes a lot deeper. And um, and that they're surprised by the dimensionality and the nuance of not just one, but many Asian characters on screen that represent different slices of that, you know, Asian or Asian American lived experience. Mm-hmm. You've been really outspoken in the past about equity and representation, including with your TV series, Kim's Convenience. Mm-hmm. Do you create a delineation between your work as an actor and as an activist or are they inherently linked? Yeah, I mean, I think um, as an as an actor, as an artist, you want to create work that says something, you know. And and I think I, I factor that into every creative decision decision that I make, whether it's a role that I take on or something that I want to produce. Um, and I think you know I want to continue to further the conversation of what Asian people are seen as. And right now, you know, we have an incredibly successful movie on our hands. It's great. It's a martial arts movie. Um, so I think I'm excited to kind of expand beyond that box because I feel like it's a box that we've been we've been more or less put in for the last 50-some-odd years. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it'd be fantastic to just explore different genres and different spaces and to be able to take up space in all of them. And being a trailblazer in this way, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of young Asians are going to look up to you. Does that ever feel like a burden, the responsibility of being this trailblazer for so many of us? I mean, I've had I've had such a privilege of of benefiting off of, you know, the, the quote unquote representation, you know, the representational efforts that have come out. You know, I was I was part of a show called Kim's Convenience for five years. I was on my first on screen credit in the States was fresh off the boat. My second one was Nora from Queens um, and then was was Shang-Chi and, and all of them that the common link between all of them is that they're, you know, Asian centric projects that were you know, run by Asian creatives. And um, I just think to be the benefactor of so much of that, I think it's, it's, it definitely is a privilege and and it's, it's kind of like a responsibility to continue to give back because I'm, I'm acutely aware of just how much I've benefited. Well, Simu, I really love the movie and it's not just because I'm Asian American. I really think a lot of people will enjoy it. It's a beautiful story that's just beautifully told. So thank you so much much. and congratulations. Thanks. 
Simi Liu is the star of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. You can find the Chronicle's review and features of the film online at datebook.sfchronicle.com. That includes a piece by Chronicle pop culture critic Peter Hartlob, who breaks down the film's jaw-dropping San Francisco bus chase scene with the film's director, Destin Daniel Cretton. You can also check out Liu's essay about anti-Asian racism in Variety. It's titled, Shang-Chi stars Simu Liu, Anti-Asian Racism is Very Real. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is exclusively in theaters now and will be released on Disney Plus on October 18th. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thanks to you for listening.